Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. There's not a ton of situations that I find myself in where there are no walls, like you let them all come down. You can be exactly who you are. You don't have to worry about being judged. You don't have to worry about any of that. When you introduce yourself, you know, if I'm going to introduce my wife, you don't have to worry about any of that just accidental hetero bullshit that you deal with. In the yeah, it's world. like, it's almost nice for people to assume that you're together yeah. rather than like having to say it. Not to say that this would have been the safest space for everyone, but for us, this was our safe space. Hey everyone, Meredith here, and this is the Afternoon Snack Podcast. Today's episode, we're doing a part two of our Girls Just Want a Weekend recap. So we're going to talk about the second half of the weekend and some more funny stuff that happened. And yeah, get a little philosophical about connection and love and values and stuff at the end. And yeah, we hope that you enjoy listening to this. Maybe if you've been on the fence about going, this will push you over the fence and you'll join us next year because it's a really, really fun time. And we're excited to go back for sure. So let's get into it. And we're back with Girls Just Wanna Record a Podcast about Girls Just Wanna Weekend. Was it just weird? Did you say record weird? Did I? Yeah. No, you can't stop and restart. I don't know why I'm looking at the waveforms like, maybe I'll see it. How did I say it? It was like, you didn't say the record. You said like record. It was like, like there was no vowel in between the R and the C. Okay. I have an unrelated question. Do you have a cough drop in your mouth right now? Yeah. And you think that's okay to have while you're on a microphone? It's better than not having Okay. So you're just going to be like swishing a candy around when we're talking? You know what, Meredith? I'll take it out of my mouth. Okay. Thanks for asking so nicely. You know what? I just want you to learn a lesson. Happy Valentine's Day. About microphones. Happy Valentine's it's Day. It's not Valentine's Day yet. It is. Well, if you're listening to this, yes, it is. But technically today is February the 2nd, two weeks. Well, a little under two but weeks, But since I, I know that this podcast is being released on February 14th, I'm in Valentine's Day mode. Clearly, you're not. Are you? Okay. I like how earlier I'm getting ready to work out it's Friday afternoon and you've decided to take a day off for once because you're not feeling well. And we're having like a perfectly fine conversation. And then all of a sudden, like, it seemed like you got mad at me for going to work out because I have a little bit of a cough where you have like a serious situation. I just don't like hypocrites. That's all. I'm not a hypocrite. All right. Just because I told you that you should take a day off because you're hacking up green stuff and barking. You have like paroxysmal, like whooping cough, cough. That's different than my cough. As I said, happy Valentine's Day. I had a cough like yours back in November and I did take time off of especially heavy breathing. And that's all I'm asking and all I'm recommending for you. And I'm still dialing back my workouts because I don't like when my throat gets sore from breathing heavily. Good job. Anyways, it was like, okay, everything's fine. And it was like, Merit's going to work out. What? Well, it bothered me. That's all. And I came clean with it and said it bothers me. I know. And it's hard for me to take days off when I don't plan on them. Now I'm sharing with the world. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. So we left off with, I believe we were talking about BDSM and therapeutic bondage. And you're making it sound like whoever didn't listen to the last podcast has really missed out on something (laughs) juicy, which they didn't really. That's like interesting stuff. It is, but we didn't get into the nitty gritty. Maybe one day we'll do a full podcast on it. I'm sorry. But I feel like I would have to have experience. Yeah. I was going to ask if you like the way that you said, what'd you get into nitty gritty did make it sound like you had experience. I don't. I would have to get experience to do a podcast. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't, I wouldn't know. At least I have someone I can go to. You have a contact. Yeah. Yeah. And then that one time we were watching Billions and there's like a storyline in that show about it. Maybe that actress will come. She is hot. She is. What's her name? Wendy Rhodes is the character and she's played by Maggie Sif. Okay. Maggie is a way better name for her. I know. Plus Maggie conjures up like L word images and we love Maggie and from the L word. You remember? It's Molly. Oh my God. Oh my Meredith. God. This is get why out. I can't. Get this is out. why we can't record podcasts at the end of a workday. Alex, give me a break. You're never forgiven. For I know. That. Anyways, for what it's worth, 
did conjure up a Molly thing in my head. So Molly, Maggie, BDSM, L word, billions. I don't know. It's all connected somehow. It's all in a really hot soup in my head. So anyways, that's where you left off. And we're picking up with the... This is the note that Meredith has written down. Katie Tunstall, Dido can't fucking sing. Yeah, I think it's... Isn't it Dido? It might be. I don't actually so, know. So, I mean, we're both just really off today. <sighs> All right. So, there was a set and Celise played... I think she opened. Uh, did she play second? It was like Katie Tunstall, Celise, and Janelle Monet, And they yeah. all played on the same night. And... It was honestly all such an amazing blur that I can't even remember the order. I think Katie, Katie Tonstall played first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's hilarious. I remember her from way back in like the early 2000s. She had that one song that everyone knew. And then I got her album because I was like really into, well, still really into music. And I like really loved her album. And so I was like a big fan of hers. And then, you know, just kind of moved on. So I knew of her, but I had never seen any like live performances and she's a riot. Plus her accent's amazing. Like she's really great. And she's really talented. Extremely. And I think I was telling you before she came out, I was like, she's going to do all this looping. She's like, she was my first exposure to looping and how artists do that. It just looks so hard because you have to get like the beat down and you get the rhythm guitar. And she you made get it look easy though. Yeah. Except that one time she screwed up. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So... She played her set absolutely hilarious and was kind of telling stories throughout, like a lot of the performers did, except Janelle Monet, which we'll get to. And she told this hilarious story, I guess. She got in trouble one time because, or no, she didn't tell the story. I was on her Wikipedia and there's this hilarious bit about early on, a lot of people compared her to Dido as a musician. I don't know if because their voices are similar or they were British or what it was. And I guess she publicly said like, is she British? Joking, Scottish. Yeah. Fr- sorry, from the UK. She said, Dido can't fucking sing, like publicly. Because I think she was just tired of being compared to another artist instead of, you know, being her own artist, which I can understand. But apparently that just really started a whole thing for her, which when you see her perform and talk, you're like, oh, yeah, I can absolutely see her kind of just letting that fly off the cuff. And then apparently she felt really bad about it and has kind of been trying to dig herself out of that hole. For a long time. She's deaf in one ear and I guess progressively losing hearing in her other ear. Did you know this? Didn't know that. Yeah. Which you also would never know. Thank um, goodness for Wikipedia. I know. I hope you donated to thank them for that information. I should. Yeah. But yeah, so talented and hilarious. And I definitely, my appreciation for her was renewed. Yeah. I mean, it was renewed again when she showed up on 80s night, <laughs> but we'll save that for later. Okay. And then Salisa's set was also really good. She's this like amazing jazz kind of guitar vocalist, super talented. She got like really emotional during one song. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, I don't have a lot of exposure to live music, but it seems as though and maybe this is normal. I don't think it is. But the nights that we've been to for live music have revolved around you know, Brandy Carlisle's weekends, like at the Gorge and here and at the Gorge, it was a similar experience to a degree. Yeah. Where what's his name? Marcus Mumford. Marcus Mumford has a new record out that is about him being molested as a child. Right. Yep. And that was, it's refreshing. Like, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but people really seem to like that. Not like that he experienced that, but like the sharing of it and their vulnerability. And then Solis had a similar song about her dad, like leaving her and not loving her. There were moments in the song where she couldn't even sing because she was crying. And the whole audience was just like supporting her and like, you know, cheering for her. I think there's just such a craving for us to want to support one another, but also to connect on like a raw level. Yeah. Not that, I mean, I won't say that I had either one of those experiences, but I think, you know, people connect through like, not necessarily trauma, but like hard times or even good times. That emotion connects people. And there's just not enough of that in the world. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just missing it, but it seems rare. I think that is what connects people. Like the shared experiences for humans, it's the difficulty. Mm -hmm. Like I think everyone experiences that in some way in their life. And that is the opportunity for connection. And it's like kind of cool to see artists, especially 
just kind of be in it and use it as a force for creativity. And then with that, you know, you have a whole arena full of people who are just like in it with you. And that's not something that I think humans are particularly good at anyways, is just like being in discomfort and having someone show you or tell you this like very uncomfortable thing, this thing that challenges you to hear and just like being with that instead of complimenting it away or saying whatever you have to say to get away from it. I think that is rare. And the artists that are out now and becoming popular and certainly Brandy, I think they do more connecting with their audience in that way. They do more sharing behind the scenes. There's kind of like a new age celebrity almost where that type of vulnerability and connection is built in to the experience versus, you know, the 90s, both with, you know, actors and actresses, but also musicians. Like there's this huge delineation between people who are famous and people who are not artists and normals. And there wasn't a lot of like, you know, reaching across the gap to connect. Like, I don't know if you remember in the early 2000s, like it was shocking to hear something personal about an artist or musician because they just, they didn't share and they kept it to themselves. But also the avenues for sharing weren't really there. I think they were probably writing about their experiences in their song, but it wasn't, again, I'm not a music person, but maybe it just wasn't as like obvious. Could yeah. that be it? I mean, it, it probably was. Like you could probably listen to lyrics and hear it and see it, but is it being talked about in addition to being performed? Maybe, maybe not. You know, I didn't go to a lot of live music shows back then because I was young and poor, but I don't know that that kind of sharing was happening. Yeah. I mean, regardless, it's cool to be experiencing it now. Yeah. And she was so grateful to get that stage time and be up there. Like it seemed like it was unfathomable to her at one point. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's move on to Janelle Monet which this was the wild card on the lineup when they released it back in. I remember you being so excited and I was like, I have no idea who this person is. And then I was talking to people at the venue and some people didn't even go that night because I think they needed a break yeah. and they just, you know, weren't maybe interested in the lineup. Like the reason I say this is because the venue was significantly less full yeah. that night. And I don't think anyone really knew who she was. Like everyone I talked to was like, eh, I don't know who she is. And then she, as Brandy said, like won everyone over. Everyone left that night as a Janelle Monáe fan. Yeah. And she was talked about many times over after that, after the she whole... performed. It was seeing something that I would go to in like a huge venue, in this tiny venue. Yeah. And it was cool for her because a lot of the artists came out wearing regular clothing with their instruments. I mean, even like, you know, Katie Tunstall had her like one setup, and Janelle Monáe had a whole, she changed outfits. I think she changed every two songs pretty much. Yeah. And she had backup dancers. They were changing. They were changing. The set was changing. Like it was a whole thing. And I think we were also shocked, but also I was so grateful that I was experiencing this performance so close because the production value is definitely i mean i haven't been to a taylor swift show i haven't been to beyonce i know that they're playing bigger venues and with you know more involved but this was like high production for this situation yeah it really was and then her you know like when you know you're looking at a celebrity you're like i mean i know brandy's a celebrity like there are people here who are you know, big deals. But I'm like, that is another level. She was next level. Like even just watching like the dancing, then you have her close up on the screen of her face. Yep. And the way that she was using her face. She was like, her, her eyes, eyes were part of the show. Like she had choreographed. It was mesmerizing. I was so drawn in and I, I think everybody was. Yeah. And then she did talk a little bit about some of the things that her songs were about and kind of would introduce songs and things like that. And, you know, she came out in like vulva pants. Okay. So that's for the song pink, which is an amazing song. And a, like the music video is also involves those pants yeah. as well as some other imagery. But I don't think anyone expected it because no one knew who she was. You're like, Oh my God, that is a vagina. Yeah. I knew her music. Like I heard her music when she got announced. I was like, Oh, I should start listening to her again. Start listening to her again. She kind of reminds me of like, and I don't want to do her a disservice by saying this or, or make a comparison. That's not fair because she's a different person. But she reminds me of almost of a modern day Lauren Hill because her scope is so broad. Like she raps, she does 
R&B. She does pop. Like she does all of these different types of music. She plays guitar. She can do a little folky thing. She's an actress. She was in Hidden Figures. Yeah. Which I was like, I didn't even know that was her. But it's someone who like clearly just takes what she does very seriously and is very good at it. But she also is a person outside of her music as well and has, you know, values and she's non-binary and that's her pronouns from what my understanding is she, her, they, them. Yeah. That's why we're using the words, I think, the pronouns yeah. she and her. But yeah, like she's done interviews and stuff and just really kind of with it and smart. And I don't know. I really enjoyed her performance. Okay. Remember on the last episode when I told you, the audience, to remember the doctor. At one point, I don't remember what song it was, but Janelle invited a dancer up onto the stage. And then each of the backup dancers, there were four of them, picked somebody from the stage. It was somebody who was like gave off something that the song was about, like sexuality. I yeah. think that was what the song was about. I'm sure And that so it they was. picked somebody who had been vibing in the audience. So they had five women come up from the audience, random people, and they were dancing. And they all got their like moment on stage. But before they started dancing, they were kind of up there dancing all together. Like there was like 10 of them on the stage, I guess 11. And like they were all just like, they were all given her. Like the backup dancers had picked the right people. Nobody was swaying. No one was swaying. They all were given her. Yeah. And then they introduced themselves. It was like, what's your name? Where are you from or something? Mm -hmm. And so they all went through. And then hilarious... The last woman who was really given her, like to paint the picture, she had a ponytail, kind of like natural looking person, like Mm -hmm. what you would expect, brown hair, ponytail, smaller on the like leaner side. And she just takes the microphone and she's like, I don't remember the name. She's like, I'm Dr. So-and-so. Yeah. And Meredith was like, that's the doctor from last night. (laughs) That's the one who was like, I'm a doctor. And then took off running towards that woman who'd fallen out. Yeah. And she was having the time of her life up there. Yeah. I was just, I'm trying to imagine. And this is just what's so cool about where we were at and what we were all doing and the vibe that it was. But it's like, we're just there living as ourselves. And not to say that her and her doctor life isn't herself, but there's got to be such a like discrepancy in those two yeah lives and i'm like good for her it's probably like people who do like comic con yeah you know like cosplay yeah they're like or bdsm yeah like just normal ass people with normal ass jobs and on the weekends they go dress up as like they wear tails they wear tails yeah they're lizards i don't know what people do cosplay (laughs) (laughs) they go do like zelda costumes or what the you know whatever I just loved that. I was like, I mean, not to say that a doctor shouldn't be able to dance, because of course, but it just, it was really hilarious. Like cosplaying a, you know, a stripper. And I love that she was like, I am Dr. Something and with a first yeah. and last name, I like so official. Like, I'm going to look you up on LinkedIn <laughs> right away. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you didn't have to say you were a doctor, right? She but did though. <laughs> she did. You know, good for her. I love that. It's the best part. The best part. Near the end, there was one song where she was like, Dressed up like in a kind of like a Michael Jackson. Oh, it's because the song is titled Make Me Feel. And it's a play on Michael Jackson's The Way You Make Me Feel. Okay. So she was wearing kind of a cape. And then at one point she was on the ground. Well, she was doing Michael Jackson dance moves. So that's the first thing that's going on. And she was in his typical like his like black and white kind of tuxedo with the tails and the Michael Jackson loafers. Take it from there. Okay, so she at one point was on the ground, like in a ball under her cape. On the stage. On the stage. She's laying there. And then she basically, she has the microphone near her face. And like really quietly, she's like, Mimi, you. And then instantly the audience was like, Mimi, like yeah. back at her. And then it from there, everyone just knew. Then she'd be like, Mimi. And it would slowly get like louder and louder. Yeah. As if she was using the audience's energy to like get her back up on her feet. And I'm sure I'm missing a lot. Well, but it just, it went on and then she switched but, to Lala's. Oh yeah, Lala's. And it was like, they would kind of lengthen. So yeah. she'd be like, I mean, you do it. She'd be like, la la la. And then the audience would be like, la la la. And then she'd be like, la 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 la. And then, la, la, and then they would get really she'd long. Like, la 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 la
you know, and it was really funny. And then it was going on and on and on. Like 10 minutes. Yeah. And at one point, she went into the audience, like the on the floor, over the barricade, over the barricade. And her bodyguards were just like, what is happening? They were kind of standing because they didn't go into the... No. And all you could see, because she's so short, you could see her hat that had sparkles on yeah. it. And she's just moving through, still doing the like, la la. And then she ends up back on the ground. Like it kind of went like up and then back down. She's yeah. back on the ground. On the AstroTurf. On the AstroTurf in the audience. Like the audience has created space for her. <laughs> and then we have to like re-energize her by doing the same thing. Yep. To get her back onto the stage. And it's funny because when the bodyguards, they lifted her up and over the barricade as if she was a doll. Well, she's very small. Yeah. But that was funny. And yeah, the whole thing, it was just really entertaining. And I'm like, there's not that many people in the world that can entertain an audience for over 10 minutes like that. No. Then the hilarious juxtaposition there was in Katie Tunstall's set. She's going on. She's like, you know, I just I don't know how artists do such a good job with the call and response. With the audience, she's like, I'm always really nervous and I'm going to screw it up. I'm not good at it. I just, you know, I don't know how they do it. So she made this whole thing about when she did it and she did a pretty good job, but she had to like work people up and tell them that it was coming kind of a thing, which is also how Brandy does it when she does it. Oh. Literally, Janelle Monáe is just like, Mimi, and then holds the mic on. It's like you. And just like that, like that's how enthralled people were and how tuned in to what was going on. It was super good. Very impressed. So. We were like buzzing that whole night. I was like, how do you go back to your hotel room and go to sleep after that? And like also during that set and even Katie Tunstall is like, I was like, I'm so glad that I'm sober so I can just tattoo this experience on my brain. Yeah. Because I never, ever want to forget what I saw. And that was kind of a theme with alcohol the whole weekend. I was like, I just want to be able to take this with me and not be foggy on anything. Plus being hungover sucks. So but anyways, the next day was pretty fun. It was the like Brandy Oki pool party, which that was too many people in a pool for me. I'll just say it. Yeah, but you weren't in the pool. I know. I know. But it was like, uh, I would like to be maybe a little closer to the stage, but I'm not getting in that no. water. Yeah, there's not enough people exiting to go to the bathroom. There's too many people who've been in the same spot for probably three hours. I didn't like to think about that. I didn't really do much pool time. It was more like the edge of the pool. Yeah. The first day when like before it got really crowded, I think we did. And then after I was like, after it's there's that many people in a pool, it's it's like dinosaur. You don't get in the pool. But that was good. And I'm always impressed with people who get up to seeing in front of that many people. I do think it would help with stage fright to have that many people like in their bathing suits. Because, you know, when you're nervous, they're like, oh, just picture people naked. It'll make you feel less nervous. And like they're kind of half naked. I feel like that would help. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Yeah, maybe. But there are a few people who sang because Brandy Oki, basically you sing a Brandy Carlisle song and then she and the Hands Are Off twins sing back up for you. It's actually pretty cool. There were some talented people. I was like, you have to try out like you have to send in audition tapes. Yes. You don't just so they're not just bringing people up there like most people are good. But there were some people who were really, really good. Yeah. We're like, you need an agent. Mm-hmm. And also, like, it's kind of fun to remember that people who have a lot of talent are out there in the normal world doing like normal things. And they just have this like kind of thing that they're really good at, you know, that they don't pursue or they are pursuing it or trying to and they're just not making it. And that the realization that there's a lot of people out there who won't make it, who are extremely talented. Yeah. For, which we, I mean, all know. Yeah. I think music is so different from like sport. Yeah. Sport, there's a clear path and the ones who are good are going to make it. I think music, it's less clear. There's a few avenues and you do probably, a lot of people have to know someone. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, the third night of music was the Legends of Americana Night, which was Kim Ritchie and Mary Chaplin, Carpenter, Brandy, Carlisle, and Brandy Clark. And I thought that set was surprisingly good. I don't know about you, but I thought it was great. I mean, I'm not as familiar with those artists. I know Brandy Clark and obviously Brandy Carlisle, but the other ones I don't. But it was still cool to see somebody who's like older and established. And I think they were just like so surprised that they were even given like time on stage and people wanted to hear them sing. And I think they were both like turning or were already 60. And that was like a big deal. Yeah. And I think it was Mary Chapman Carpenter who was talking about kind of the music industry and how when you get older, you know, you're an older female in the industry, like you're just kind of 
brushed aside, gotten rid of, like you're not taken seriously anymore. There's not a clear path for you. So number one, I think they were grateful for the stage time for that reason. But it's kind of that overarching theme that women experience generally when they get older is that progressing invisibility. When you're past your reproductive years, your value in our society is less. And that's that's been the experience. So I, you know, I was grateful to hear them talk about it through that kind of music industry lens. Yeah. So that was great. I thought they had some really cool stories. Brandy Clark, I always like hearing her tell stories because she's such a quiet person, but she's funny. Yeah. Anyways, and then Sarah McLaughlin played. Yeah. I mean, I love Sarah because she's Canadian and also a big part of women in songs, which is basically what I grew up on in that. the car, going skiing with my mom's CDs. Yeah. The, the albums, right? Yeah. Women yeah. in songs one, women in songs two. Okay. All of them. But yeah, so like I knew a lot of her songs, but this was cool because she talked a lot. She did. I feel like almost every song had a story, which I was kind of grateful for because I knew a lot of the songs. And who knew that ADI was about her being a sociopath who stole her best friend's boyfriend? Well, she did mention that at that time she was a little bit immature and maybe didn't see her in the wrong in that scenario. So instead, like, wrote a song about how she wasn't in the wrong. Yeah. And that's kind of funny that when she says it now, she's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm 55 years old singing the song. And but, you know, again, she basically said, like, I feel like this is a really safe space. I've never told this story before. I know. And so I'm going to tell it to you guys. And that was her way of kind of connecting. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm up here and I am objectively a perfect woman, human being. Yeah. And like, this is what this song is about. Yeah. Number one, that I did that. And number two, that I thought that it was okay and okay enough to write a song about everyone, you know, being mad at me for no reason. Like, it was just hilarious. When there was like definitely a reason for people to be mad at me. <laughs> yeah. And it ended up being like one of her biggest hits. Hilarious. I really like Sarah. She, again, like gorgeous, talented, together. She gives so much to charity. I mean, at one point, even she was talking about money and she was like, you know, don't get me wrong. The money's great. Oh, I know. But then started talking about charity and trying to give back. But, you know, she was just very honest and I appreciated that. But yeah, that's just the way that she connected. Yeah, I thought it was great. And then it's like, it's always hilarious when they would mess up. And she started playing one of her like biggest hits and screwed up the piano intro. I was like, ah, shit. And had to like start it over. Yeah, it was just, it was super funny. And then she... You know, she was like, oh, you know, it's just little old me up here. I don't have a band. I don't have anything. But she's playing like, I'm like, you have a full size grand piano. Like, where did that thing come from? Oh, it's just me and my grand piano. And I'm sure that she has very high standards for pianos. Like, I don't know where she got that one or where you get a grand piano that meets your specifications as an artist like her. I'm like, did you bring that with you? How did you get it here? Or maybe they brought it in from some other location, but hilarious. Sarah is super fucking fit. She definitely works out. And it's weird for me to say that because like I was commenting on the last podcast about everyone commenting on us being super fit. I mean, the difference is Alex, if and when we meet Sarah, are you going to say something about her body? No, exactly. exactly. That's the difference, right? I don't um, know what I would say. Yeah. It wouldn't be good though. No, but it wouldn't be something about her body. (laughs) Yeah. I would just be like inaudible gibberish. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it would and she would never know. But yeah, like, I would like to look at her up close. Yeah. Just with admiration. Yeah. But like you would say something, I right? Probably you probably would. I just don't know what it would be. You wouldn't just stare. I probably would tell her that like I know her from women in songs. She'd be like, oh, very unique line. Thank you. No, she's like, yeah, obviously takes good care. I'm like, do you are you like a kettlebell person? Like what's your I just I'm always curious about what people do for she does something with weight training. Like you can absolutely tell that. Yeah. That is not from doing Peloton. No. So I just. She's got some arms. I have a general curiosity as far as like what she does for working out. I mean, she's sitting there playing piano. So you can just see like her forearms. But I'm like, is that from piano or is that like. We were very taken by her. So much so that we shushed a lot of people around us. Well, we weren't the only ones shushing. There was a lot of people talking because they weren't as interested in Sarah as we were yeah. or as other people were. And then there were a lot of people who were telling the talkers to shush, including yeah. us, yeah. but also others. Yeah. It was rude. It was really annoying, especially with somebody up there like talking so much. Like you want to be able to hear it. 
It's not just like loud, booming music. Yeah. And she's like a quiet performer. There's silence built into a lot of her songs. Like it's just really annoying when she cuts out and then you hear like someone telling a dumbass story that you don't care about. Yeah. And it's just like, I know I have high standards and I'm like very picky person when it comes to art, but have a little respect for the person who's up there performing. Yeah. But maybe that's just me having standards that are too high for humanity, probably as usual. Yeah. So anyways, that's us being super serious again. How surprising. <laughs> Who played after Sarah? Um, oh, Annie. Yeah. Yeah. So we like moved our way up because we didn't know who the special guest was. We thought it was going to be Annie Lennox, but then we were like, is Annie going to play a whole set? So she did. It wasn't super long. Yep. And it was good. Like a lot of the classics. Yep. It was, I think that just ended up being an earlier night, which fine by me. Yeah. Annie Lennox is probably the person who I'm the least familiar with. Like, I mean, I obviously know her, but. Like, she's definitely 80s. Yeah, I know probably from Women in Songs, to be honest. <laughs> I know her, like, classics. And those are the songs, most of them that she played. Such she, as? Like, Walking, Walking on, on Broken Glass. Yeah. Like, those ones. And she has a really, of course, a great stage presence. Yeah. So she's easy to listen to and watch and be entertained by. But I think, like, that was a weird one because we moved up to, like, the front and there were a lot of people who were really drunk. Oh, my goodness. And then that's when we got the glitter on our faces. Yeah. There was someone who insisted we had glitter, which I appreciated. Was- yeah, I liked the glitter. And then there were like drunk people commenting on our bodies again. Yes. It was weird. At one point, there were these two women who we had stood in line with at the beginning of the weekend. And then we saw them again and they were like, our line buddies. Yeah. And they were super drunk and they were like chatting with us and it was fine. But I was like, let's move because I don't want to like chat the whole time. And then we were like, well, where do we go? And then I turned and I looked back and we hadn't moved yet and they were gone. Like they just vanished into thin air. How did they do that? I don't know. Maybe, was, they, maybe they didn't vanish into the air. Maybe they fell down. Yeah, it's possible. Here they're on the turf. Yeah. That's more likely. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, where did they go? So anyways, we ended up just staying where we were and entertaining some other drunk people. But that was fun. Yeah. And then the 80s night was really fun. That was we uh, got up really close for that night. Yeah. Well, people had said that's like that's the party night. That's Mm -hmm. the really fun night where you want to be there. So Lucius opened. Love Lucius. Yeah. And they played some of their new songs. But I usually see like we've seen Lucius kind of play the same set a few times. They played a new set this time. They played a song. I don't know which one it was, but they were going absolutely ham on a cowbell. I have never seen someone go at a cowbell like that ever in my whole life. They posted a story because they're on tour right now. There's a story of them doing that. Oh, yeah. Wherever they are now. Yeah. But it's like definitely part of their set. It was cool to watch. Yeah. So like they're just so great. They're so unique the way that they perform and sing together. And there's someone who like every time we see them, I think we grow in admiration for them too. And I was like kind of keen on seeing them by themselves because they play smaller venues when it's just them. Not that this wasn't a small venue, but you know what I mean? Yeah, but the one is pregnant. So I think that will probably be delayed. Holly. They have names. Holly Holly and Jess. Jess. Yeah. She's really cute. She's cute. I think she's married though. Yeah. Unfortunately for me. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. So they played their set and then essentially like, what was the set called? Like ladies of the 80s. So essentially everyone comes out in like 80s costumes and attire and do 80s covers. And Lucius was kind of out there the whole time. Theirs was hilarious. I didn't even know. It was like kind of a kiss sort of thing, but they had silver hair, but it was really big. Their hair was like a foot tall. I know. By itself. They They were really funny. Yeah. Yeah. So that was great. And then I think the whole point of the 80s is like everyone just gets really drunk on stage and that's how it goes. I think one of my favorite parts of that night was I liked watching Brandy's reaction to everyone's outfits. Because I don't like, think she, she couldn't, seen them. She couldn't contain herself with Lucius. No. She was like on the microphone, like laughing. Being yeah. Like, I can't take you to. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Katie Tunstall and stuff. Like she was like, what's Katie going to do today? Because Katie came out and did a Cindy Lauper song. And she was just in like, like a normal, like it was a good costume, but nothing. She had the, like the voice. She did the whole Cindy. It was really funny. Yeah. She did a great job with that. And then... Instead of going off stage and changing, she has these people bring a sheet onto the stage. They hold it up. She's like doing this whole like, you just want to see me change, you dirty bitches. It was just (laughs) like going on the whole time, like changing into a different outfit. And then 
essentially they drop it and she's just in this outrageous like all silver thing with like a silver wig and then she does van halen jump but like was giving her like just jumping flying around but still hitting all the notes so i was like this is hilarious and impressive and there's this amazing picture of her like spread eagle jump when she's holding her microphone down like it's a wiener i was like i just love everything about you so much yeah bottle her up yeah super good Another thing that happened, it was like such a small occurrence. There were these like beach balls that somebody had brought and they were bouncing around. Of course they were. Yeah. Yeah. And the woman who was standing next to us, she was by herself because I guess her friend didn't like being up front. Lame. So she was up there by herself and we kind of made friends with her. And like I was standing right next to her and I just see her get hit square in the forehead with this beach ball. And like it was just this moment between the two of us. Where like we started laughing like hysterically. But within that second of like <laughs> the momentary realize of what had happened and it was like just us and us starting to laugh together, the ball returned. Oh. It like bounced off someone else and hit her again, <laughs> like right square in the forehead. And so it was like a double whammy of hysterical laughter. And the two of us, like we couldn't control ourselves. And you were like, what happened? It was definitely and I was a, like trying to tell you had to be there moment. Yeah. And then you were because at this point I was making my podcast list and you were like, you were like, write down bouncy ball, put bouncy ball on the list. I was like, okay. So it definitely it was really funny. Sure it was like, but it was just such a weird moment to have with a stranger. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. And then after that, yeah, and then she just kind of left. Yeah. Because she left after Lucius. Yeah. She was there for Lucius, but. Yeah, that was just like, I don't know. There's just so many little things that happened that you're just like, ah, oh, that would never happen in the real world. No, it wouldn't. No. People are so, they're too serious. Yeah. And I know like, we're serious about Sarah. I get it. But like, not like that. Yeah. Like, not too busy to have a moment. Before we continue, I have like something to share. You have an announcement? Well, it's not an announcement, but I felt kind of silly for doing these podcasts because you can do hard things with Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach. Yeah. They did a podcast on their experience at Girls Just Want a Weekend. Their experience was like, they get to talk about being on stage. Yeah. But I didn't listen to the whole podcast. I just listened to a clip that Brandy had reposted. Okay. And I didn't think that based on their one clip was as good as ours. Well, it's just different. I like that we get to share an experience as a normal. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. We get to be normals, but like also K-list celebrities, not obviously enough of a celebrity to be on stage. Right. But I kind of like that. But you know what? I didn't think and nothing against them because I don't know them. But Abby Wambach, I'm sorry, but she didn't do a good job up there. Oh, with her costume. She didn't. No, she mailed it in. You're trying to be like a normal, but also a celebrity at the same time. But you have to be in one. Yeah. If you're going to be on stage, wear dress up. She was wearing regular clothes, a t-shirt and jeans, and then had a sign that said, I have been dressing like a lesbian since the 80s. Or no, she was like, I grew up in the 80s. I've been dressing like this my whole life or something. Or yeah. Something about a lesbian from the 80s. Yeah. It was weird. Anyway, and then she didn't really like sing into the microphone. Well, but like maybe she was embarrassed or whatever, but I'm like, own it, you know? Yeah. If you're going to be up there, be up there. Yeah. I wonder, okay, do you think that Abby and Glennon had an argument over that? Potentially, because Glennon was 100% in her element. Yes. She owned it. And she was out there, like she was milking it. She was out there dancing. Yeah. Not when she was singing. She kept going on stage with Catherine. Yeah. Carlisle, like dancing across the stage. I know. Because she had a wig. She was like full on dressed up. Yeah. And dancing and all that. And Abby wasn't. You no. Know. And so then they had to come on together and dance. And it was a little odd. It was I mean, it was fine. Everyone was like supportive. Yeah. But you know, there's like the always like a little bit of a cringe. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't know. She wants to be up there. Yeah. So it's like, you don't maybe don't have to be. So I wonder if it was a two part fight. Number one, I don't want to go up there. No, you're going to go up there. Okay, fine. You're going to go up there and you're going to dress up. I'm not dressing up. And so then you have to do something. She's like, I'll wear this sign. I just, I wonder. That's yeah. all. I or wonder maybe if they're like more mature than us. And they were just like, you do you girlfriend. And yeah. it was fine. Maybe but, that's no fun to think of. 
that would 100% have been an issue for me. If like I didn't want to go on yep. there and dress up. Yep. Yeah. That would have started something. Because then you're out there alone. Like Glennon Doyle is not going to go out there alone. Is she? I guess I she don't, could have. Well, it I probably would have been better had she. I think she's they, very comfortable out they there. They were like together for the weekend. So it's like mm. it would be weird for them to be together, together, together. And then all of a sudden she's there I guess. by herself when everyone else's significant other is involved in some way. Here's what I think. Okay. Let's and speculate because that's a good use of time. I don't know anything really about Abby Wambach except for the fact that she's an amazing soccer player. She is very good. And she turned Glennon Doyle gay. So I think that she has so much confidence and so much assurance with her identity as a really, really good soccer player. And it was probably very hard for her as somebody who's very well known for something that she's incredible at, one of the best in the world, to get up there and be really bad at something and like fully embrace it and be bad. Huh. Do you think? Maybe. But instead, because she didn't go all in, it was just like bad because of that. You know, Brene Brown would probably say there's an opportunity to be vulnerable and connect with people who are on it. They're out there. They're bad at a lot of things. But then I also know the feeling of like being almost so bad and so embarrassed and so uncomfortable with something that it's like it's just so hard to even like do it. Like physically, your body won't even let you like she kept bringing the microphone down because I don't think she wanted her voice to. Oh, they had her mic turned down, but she still wasn't even singing into it. Yeah. Because I think there was just like she didn't want to. Yeah. Which fair. I also would probably do that. So I can't really say, you know, I can't judge, but I'm just saying that's what happened. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. Hmm. But well, I do think that there maybe was an argument. We'll have to get him on the show. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to have him on the podcast. I do want so to ask can, them that question. We can ask them. About we should listen to their podcast and see. Maybe they talk about an argument. Maybe. But we'll I, do doubt that. I doubt we'll, it. We'll listen to it and we'll circle back with you guys if there's something relevant to talk about. Yeah. Can um, we just touch on one other thing before Alex, we go back to the 80s night and wrap up? It's your podcast. We can okay. do whatever we want. Does anybody out there know who Gina Gershon is? Hang on. Let's see if anyone responds. That's a negative. Nope, no one nope. knows who she is. Yep. She's an American actress and singer who was born in 1962. Here's how I was introduced to her. Having apparently missed this important time in lesbian culture, she gets on the stage to MC Brandy Oki, which, my goodness, I was like, is this person a comedian? Yeah, she's Is hilarious. she a professional MC? Who is this person? Who is Gina? And so finally that night, we asked some people that we had met. I'm like, who's Gina? And they were like, oh, you don't know? So I guess she played in a movie called Bound, which I haven't seen yet. I think we're going to watch it this weekend. Yeah. Which apparently is like a famous gay movie. Neo-noir crime thriller, thriller film. Is that what the description is? That's what it says. Yeah. Two women hatch a scheme to steal $2 million of mafia money. That's what it's about. Corky, a lesbian ex-con, is hired as a painter and plumber at an apartment building. We're back on Wikipedia, everybody. She encounters Violet and Caesar. I'm going to assume that Corky and Violet get together. That's where I think that's going. I don't want to spoil it. So, sorry, her name is Corky. Okay. Yeah. I'm guessing that, that Corky and Violet get together. Yeah, that's my assumption. I like the photo on the front. It's very 90s. It's very 90s. Yeah. I like the wife beater. Yeah. Here's a 90s throwback for you. I follow some like 90s nostalgia pages. Have you ever seen the music video for Fiona Apple, her song Criminal? No. Okay. It was like on a like throwback clip series. Anyways, I had this moment of like, that was one of those little times. And I was like, I'm attracted to women. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It's all clear now. It's No, it's not clear, but it, it does come back to you in yeah. little pieces, in little tiny little snippets. Was there a movie called like Grey something? Well, let me, let sure me do there's a little a bit of research called Grey something. It's hard to like even search for this because if I'm on Google and I search like movie Grey. There's one, The Grey. Lesbian Jennifer Girl. Liam Neeson, but that's he's about as far from a lesbian as one gets, I think. The problem is, and then you've you got to get down to like skills, raise anatomy skills I've acquired over many years. That was my Liam Neeson. Was that good? I wasn't paying attention. Okay. 
anyways, now we're back on the whole, like, I mean, this is a rabbit hole. May I ask that where, where we're going with this? Well, you said there was something that reminded you where you're like, oh, that was a moment when I was younger where I probably should have realized that I'm attracted to women. Gray matters. Okay. To gray matters. Heather Graham and Bridget Monaghan. Yes. Can we talk about this? I mean, if you want to go ahead. This was 100%. I'm telling you right now, this is when I figured out I was gay. Well, okay, Alex. I, 2006. So I was, was I was unfortunate. I was 17. <laughs> That's a little late. No way. I feel like I knew way before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but here's 2006, the thing. 2006. No, I wasn't. Se- was I 17? Yeah, because I was 18. Because oh, that's man. the year I graduated from high school. So, I mean, yeah, I would say that's a little late for that to be the aha moment. But I don't want to judge. Everyone has their own story. I was married for a while. Yeah. So... I don't make judgments of people, but I think that you probably knew before then. I probably did, but that was when I was like, oh, yep. Yepers, I do like women. <laughs> don't like the D. That didn't stop you, <laughs> It though. didn't. I was like, next move, find a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, but find a boyfriend who might also be gay who doesn't want to spend that much time with me. Find yeah. a boyfriend <laughs> and then find every conceivable reason to avoid spending time with yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. So that was dating. Have I said this? I feel like every time I dated a guy, it was like I was doing how to lose a guy in 10 days, even though. Yeah. You're just like playing. Let me just like let me do all of that stuff. And they would still I don't know what that says about me. Maybe I'm more of a catch than I thought, but they would stay with me. Yeah. And then I would have to do the actual breakup, which is never fun. Yeah. It's not you. It's me. I'm gay. I don't want to come out yet, though. Please don't take that the wrong right? way. I'm not gay because of you. Yeah. It is the early 2000s, though. So you're going to perceive it that way. Yeah. But that's not how this works. Yeah. You were great. So I guess what I'm saying is, had I known about Gina Gershon earlier and had watched the movie Bound, I mean, we'll, we'll watch it this weekend and we'll see. But maybe... It would have been earlier than 17. That you should have, would have, could have. Your parents could have shown you Bound when you were a kid. Yeah. Thanks a lot, mom and dad. There you go. I wonder if they've seen that movie. Opportunity missed. They're going to be like, oh yeah, of course. At one point in Brandy Oki, Gina Gershon was like, she was wearing like a scarf on her head. I know. I loved it. I did too. But she was like, <laughs> randomly said, oh, my sister's here with me. And she walked into the room when I was getting dressed and she said, Gina, don't wear that scarf. You look stupid. And I said to my sister, shut up. Because that's sometimes what you need to say to your sister. She's <laughs> like, this is like a grown ass woman. Yeah, at least nothing changes, ones. you know? Shut the hell up. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> Wearing the scarf, damn it. Yeah. Okay. Another moment I got a little ticked off in the weekend 80s night, enjoying myself. I got my fishnet on. We're looking good, slash, super ridiculous. And there was a moment, I don't know who did the push it, salt and pepper. You know, they did push it, which was great. Yeah. And then you look off to the side and Sarah McLaughlin is like on the side of the stage, like dancing to push it. And I'm like, this is not something that I thought I'd ever see. And the extent of Sarah McLaughlin's 80s attire, I think, was a crimped side pony. Yeah. Otherwise, she was just wearing it's just like not on brand for her. She was just wearing her usual black. And I think I pointed her out. She had blue eyeshadow eyeshadow on as well. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty 80s. That was probably her in the 80s. It was also early 2000s. Same. It could go either way. <laughs> I think I pointed her out to you because she was dancing. And I was like, how hilarious is that? Look at Sarah McLaughlin. And then the girl next to me was like, oh, Sarah, like you say, she's like, she doesn't fit. She doesn't fit in. And I wanted to punch her. I'm like, like, Sarah fits in. Don't you dare talk Sarah about Sarah like that. fits in no matter where Sarah goes. Sarah is a legend. Sarah is the reason why Brandy is up here doing this festival. Yes. You sit down. Did you say that to her? No. I mean, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's talk about what it was like going back to reality after this weekend, because it was kind of like the gorge on steroids. Yeah. The feeling. Yeah. I mean, you're with your people. The way that I explained it, people were like, how was it? There's not a ton of situations that I find myself in where there are no walls, like you let them all come down. You can be exactly who you are and you don't have to worry about being judged. Like you don't have to worry about any of that. You know, when you introduce yourself, you know, if I'm going to introduce my wife, you don't have to worry about, you know, any of that just accidental hetero bullshit that you deal with. In the yeah. It's world. like, it's almost nice for people to assume that you're together yeah. rather than like having to say it. 
I think not to say that this would have been the safest space for everyone, but for us, this was our safe space being like gay women. Yeah. So I, you're right. I think at one point you're like, I've never used the term wife so much. Yeah. Like I was just, I just kept saying it and it was fine. Like I don't usually, I don't love that word generally. Like it's yeah, not like, my preferred. We're not huge PDA people, but it's kind of nice to be able to hold hands and not be like wondering, not have anyone like double take. Yeah. Or like, I don't know. I just, we just don't, I guess. It's not like I have to like hold myself back from touching you yeah. out in public, but it's just like, you just maybe do it more. I mean, it's kind of like Janelle Monet said in her set, like, I'm glad you're here. And she didn't mean like, I'm glad that you're here watching my concert. She meant like, and she elaborated and said, everyone who's here has a whole story about how they got to this part of their life. And I'm glad you're here. It's not like everyone there was gay. Like there were husbands and wives and there were some families and stuff like with straight parents. Yeah, totally. But I think the majority of people were. Yeah. And there were more, more females as well. Yeah. And for me... It was noticeable, not so much when I was in it, but then when we were out of it. So we stayed an extra day at the resort and some other people did, but they also had brought in like the new group of people for was, the resort week. Yeah. So there were like the regular people who weren't there for Girls Just Want a Weekend. Regular old gin pop. Yeah. And it was pretty instant. The feeling of like, oh, ooh, it's not the way it was. It's kind of hard to explain but it just, it was like the energy changes. I remember feeling this way for the first time in Toronto Pride, like yeah. six years ago when we went. You just feel this like acceptance, like you're safe. Well, and there's, there was also like a general interest in other people. And it's like, not only does that like safe space feeling go away or did it go away, but also like everyone's just keeping to themselves. Like no yeah. one's talking, like there's no community, like the community's gone. Yeah. And part of that is just, you know, I think there's nothing that, connected everyone beyond the girls just want a weekend. Like everyone who was there for girls just want to had something in common point blank. Like right at the start, you knew that everyone probably liked Brandy Carlisle. So you could at least talk about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like, where do you even begin? I guess you could be like, how long have you been here for? <laughs> where are you what from? What pool is the best? Like, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. But it just wasn't did you book directly or on booking.com yeah you know like what do you talk to people about brandy posted about the feeling of leaving girls just want a weekend on her page and i thought made some really good points and she said i don't want to say that it's hard for me to come back to the real world because i believe what we've witnessed for that last four days is what humans are ultimately capable of therefore i have to believe that girls just want a weekend is in fact the real world and i like i want to believe that too but that's certainly not the real world yet. Maybe it will be one day. Yeah. But in the most ironic turn of events, as soon as the weekend ended, we got this super weird. No, it was during. It was during. I was doing some admin work. Right. During the weekend here and there just to kind of keep up with things. Somebody had signed up for nutrition coaching. Yeah. If anyone signs up, you get an automated email to fill out an intake form after sign up. Sometimes the email goes to junk. So sometimes if they haven't filled it out in like 24, 48 hours, I follow up with an email saying, hey, this is the next step in case you didn't receive the email. And so I hadn't received an intake form from this person. So I emailed them to follow up and they emailed me back saying, I have decided to go another way. Can I get a refund? And that was shocking to me because, or not shocking, but surprising because they hadn't even tried. Yeah, it's service. They hadn't even like sometimes like maybe a few times we've had someone who starts the program or the service coaching and then like two weeks in they maybe are like this isn't for me. Yeah. Even that's pretty rare. Like most people know what they're getting into because we put out so much information. Anyway, it, weirdly enough, in between me sending out the follow up email containing the link to the intake form and then emailing me, they had filled out the intake form. So I had an idea of what this person was about. And so I responded back to the email saying like, can I ask why? Because I was so curious as to why someone would want to cancel before trying. And they said, it's just not a good culture fit. Mm -hmm. Which means that he found out that we were gay. Yeah. And tracks because the intake form is from Texas. There was a heavy emphasis on religion. And, and this isn't the first time that's happened. Was... I think he he sent that message on the day that I think I had put up a video where I like give you a kiss or something in the frame. And yeah, 
that it was the end of that. Yeah. Which fine. I wouldn't obviously sign up to work with like an uber conservative company if I knew that that was their values. But yeah, that was kind of like okay, yeah, we're back. <laughs> That's the real world. Yeah, and yeah, like I said, I I wasn't really even sure how to think of that because I wouldn't sign up for certain things if the owners were very out about whatever that didn't align with my values. Yeah. So I can't be like, oh, that's whatever. You just kind of say, yeah, okay, probably for the best, I guess. Yeah. Unfortunate that if that's true, our assumptions are true there, that's unfortunate. Because, you know, really it's his loss. I think so. He's going to have to do nutrition coaching with an inferior company now. Yeah. But whatever. You know, and they say <laughs> if you are someone who holds extreme views against gay people or against trans community... As soon as a human being has a personal connection with someone who is gay or trans, it, I think by virtue of like human connection softens their opinions and it can help change people over time. So I understand why someone would want to avoid that type of connection if, if what's important to them is maintaining their values and their opinions and defending that rather than being open to connecting with another human being who's just a little different than they are. Yeah. And I'm also like, what if I responded and was like, well, we have straight coaches. We even have coaches who go to church, you know? Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> did that cross the line? I don't know. That's I don't okay. know. I mean, I guess you can fault someone for having their values. So that's but the like, way I you, see it. Where do you draw a line though? Because certainly like there are bigger companies than us who employ gay people who donate to LGBTQ plus nonprofits. Like where in your decision-making and in your day-to-day -day life, do you draw that line? I mean, it's the same reason why people are still in the closet, why athletes can't come out of the closet. Yeah. Well, because it's going to impact their value, their brand, their whatever. Republicans like, buy Nikes too. Yeah. Or like you can't, Michael even Jordan said. Like politicians, I mean, I don't know the whole history of everybody who's been out or not out, but like, I don't know. Is sexual orientation a value? I guess if you instantly align with being... Well, I mean, like in the world that we live in, where social identity politics dominate people's values and how they vote, especially in, I think, the southern U.S. or in very like conservative than religious. Ever, yes. Yeah. Then that I think that someone's sexuality does fall into the values. But it doesn't for me. Like I could obviously. And I'll care. say I don't think it should. But of course, that's obvious. Yeah. But I think that for a certain subset of population, yes, that is values anyways i think that was just like a bit of a like oh here we go this is the real world i think in like okay so this is our valentine's day podcast and i'm not going to talk about our relationship because everything is so good right now we have absolutely no we're working through stuff so yeah i mean you know we just for shits and giggles did have a couples <laughs> therapy appointment earlier in the week just to check in <laughs> just to say hi it's an ongoing process. It is. A relationship is like a toddler. It's like as soon as you take your eyes off of it, it wants to go run into traffic. Yeah. You have to know. You have to be ready. And you say, you know what? We did take our eyes off this thing for a little too long. And now it's out in traffic and we got to go get it. Yeah. It hasn't been hit by a That's car yet. That's where we're at in case you're wondering. But we're so, still together. We're still here. We got at it. At the beginning of the episode, Mary's like, well, this is our Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> I was like, oh. Alrighty then. You got any ideas? I'm like, Nope. <laughs> Sure don't. What about you? How about you come up with an idea for We do have some tools once? to try from our therapy to reconnect. How about you do some We'll get back to you on that. For one time. <laughs> one time, help a girl out. Anyways, yeah, we're exploring new toolboxes and getting in touch with the darker corners of our psyches. No, but I do think that in keeping with the Valentine's Day spirit and love and respect and acceptance, I think that even though Valentine's Day is a day that we celebrate love with individual people, the people who we choose to be with, I think there's an opportunity to share your love for other human beings and for communities and, you know, to have respect and accept and just feel all warm and fuzzy for all people, because I think that all people need love. And it's not just the, the person and the people you spend the most time with. And I think that's what we're here to do is to love and connect. And I think our society and the way that we are. It wants to push people apart. It wants people to get in their camps and yell at each other and not get along. But I think that if you're honest, even people who hold extremely different views on certain topics, I think that humans have a lot more in common than they have not in common. And I think if we were to start to connect, 
about those things and focus on those things instead of the things that we don't agree with, the world will be a much nicer place. That's the Valentine's Day message that I would like to leave you with. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I like it. You think that we should also spend time loving our cats. Yes. <laughs> Valentine's Day is for cats. Obviously. Every day is Valentine's Day for cats and also Rue. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our recap of the weekend and that it is at least kind of as good as Glennon Doyle's. I don't know. We'll have him on the show. We'll talk about arguing and fighting. It'll be great. We'll be back to our usual. Do, do we have usual content? Our usual show? I don't, what is our usual show? This is our usual show. Anyways, we'll be back next week with another episode on who knows what. But it'll be great. And we appreciate your support. And yeah, talk to you real soon. <laughs>